Welcome to Tuesday's Book Club, an intimate community of book lovers that want to explore intriguing, controversial, and mind-pulling stories from around the globe. Every show, we bring you thoughts and perspectives that will make you go, hmm. Grab your books and join myself, Nova Lorraine, and my co-hosts, Toby Santagato and Barbara Donato, every two weeks for a new book, that will change your life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tuesday Morning Book Club. And we are so excited to bring another book to you today. The Tuesday Morning Book Club, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, is a book club for those who think outside the box and also are on a journey of growth of some kind. And what also makes us different on this podcast is that we take the ending of each book we read and we give our perception of what happens next. And we also invite our readers to participate in the book club and ask you to send us questions and also share with us with what you think happens next as well. But before I get into any more detail about what book we're covering today, I'm going to give you a little intro of myself, and I'll let my co-hosts, my co-book club members, share a little bit as well. I'm Nova Lorraine. I am the founder of Rain Magazine, and I also host a podcast called Unleash Your Supernova. I'm a mother of four. I love to run. I love food, and I'm an award-winning fashion designer. So those are some fun facts about me. Hi, I can go next. This is Toby, and I'm so excited to be in this club and this book club and being part of this new platform, Pink Kangaroo. So bravo on that. And the podcast experience has been so exciting. I'm the executive director of Mignolo Dance. It's a professional dance company, and we are 501c3. And it's been a wonderful experience to see such great expressive dancers continue to work on their passion. I've also been really working hard on just enjoying fitness because it's sometimes been a grind and I've been enjoying getting on the Peloton and biking at home. And lately I've actually been going out and doing some bike riding on some trails and that's been super fun. I've been going with my husband and we even bought a bicycle bill for two, which is should be interesting. So we shall see. Oh, I like yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, strange, but um, yeah, so that's a little bit about myself. Hi, I am Barbara Donato, and I am also a mom of four, and my day job is a branch manager of a physical security company, and my dream job is to be a fictional writer. I also love mountain biking um, to the point where I am working on starting a women's group here in Central Florida, and that's I just cannot wait to get everyone to go on the trails too, but my trails are a little... Uh, Nature oriented with uh, alligators off on the in the on the river over by the riverside and uh, big old hills and 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 roots that we uh, might fall off, but it's it's a fun fall. <laughs> It'll be like a roller coaster on a bike. I'll stick with my New Jersey trails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a kid, I loved biking and so called mountain biking. There's only so much mountain biking you can do in Connecticut in 
in a suburb. Yeah, that's where I grew up. But yeah, that sounds very cool. I actually discovered a new park near my house and it has beautiful lake and some really interesting trails through the woods and also some hills that you can hike through as well. So I'm super excited to explore that. And yeah, let's let's jump in. I think our listeners are anxiously awaiting to hear what book we're covering this week. This week, guys, we are talking about the controversial book called The Mutant Message Down Under by Marlo Morgan. And this book club is brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Network. We are a community of wild thinkers. So yeah, let's dig a little deeper into The Mutant Messenger. But before we do that, I always have to share with you what books are coming next. So our last episode, we covered The Alchemist. And for our next episode, we'll be covering Chanel by Axel Madsen. So go ahead and order your books, guys. Do not delay. It is an amazing story. You're going to find out all sorts of secrets that you've never even thought existed as it relates to Chanel. And then following that, we're going to be covering Proof of Heaven by Eben Alexander, who is a neuroscientist, right guys? Neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon. And that book is fascinating as well about a gentleman who dies actually and comes back to life according to his stories. And our third book in terms of our next three books is Having Our Say, The Delaney Sisters, The First 100 Years by Sarah and Elizabeth Delaney with Amy Hill Hearth. So you got that, guys. Three books. Don't delay. You want to join us as we're talking about each one. There's all sorts of spoiler alerts, so you want to read them before you listen (laughs) to the episodes. But before we also get further in the mutant message down under, we will be covering just one or two questions from our listeners, from our book club members. So who wants to read the first question from one of our listeners? I say you, Nova, go for it. Oh, really, guys? Okay. (laughs) No problem. Nose goes. (laughs) Okay. Either of you can answer this. Which character do you identify with most and why? And this is from M. Winters. Gosh. And this is about the alchemist. Yeah. I actually don't feel like I identify with one so much as I gained so much from what they were gaining. So I probably gained the most from the boy just in that through his development, I felt like I was like seeing new situations, specifically omens. And I've been noticing so much and paying attention when something comes up that even something I don't want to happen, I'm like, oh, maybe this is because something good's going to happen or maybe blah, blah, blah. And so I, it was more of an identity with a concept, but I I didn't really, yeah, that's kind of what happened for me. Do you want to share which omen has been, or symbol or sign that's been coming up for you a lot? Gosh, I have to think about that. They're literally moment by moment. They're not even big signs. It's more of like how I'm dealing with things as they develop and just knowing and trusting that things are happening to enable other things to happen. So I'm not, I'm sure there's specifics, but it's just understanding that this is what it is. And that's a great thing to enable me to have something else that will enrich my life. And so it's just like an awareness. I love it. How about you, Barbara? I think for me, it's the crystal merchant as well as the young, as the young boy, because I mean, with the crystal merchant, I found myself over the years kind of 
being happy with where I was, but wanting more, I guess, you know, I, I was, mm-hmm. um, stagnant is probably the best word for it. Mm-hmm. Looking out into the horizon going, wow, that would be a great place to be, but I'm, I'm kind of happy where I am. Like I'm kind of comfortable here. Mm-hmm. And then later on, like currently I have been having my own transformation, I guess you can say as the young man has had my own, like I've been searching myself and I've been seeing my own signs. Ooh, I love it. And so again, with the crystal merchant, I think I've been like kind of hesitant, fighting it. But then once I realized, okay, I'm going to have to just succumb to the change, all of a sudden things are starting to open up. You know, I'm starting to see signs and I'm starting to just fall, let, let everything fall into place now that I know what I want. Yeah, get it. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A great book. I love the book. Yeah, wonderful book. Who knows? Maybe we'll do another review. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sometime in the future about the alchemist. I know that there's so much to talk about. Thank you, M. Winters, for that question. And we're just going to now jump into our book for this episode. I'm going to start with a quote from the book. Certainly, mingling in the center is a position most Americans seem to lean toward. Not too rich, not too poor. Not deathly ill, but never quite healthy. Not morally pure, but somewhere short of serious crime. And sooner or later, we must step out in faith. We must lead, if only to become responsible for ourselves. And that was a quote from page 131. And I'm going to then follow with the description of the book directly from the publisher's page. And this is Harper Collins, who published the book in 1994, just four years after Marlo Morgan published it herself in 1990. A powerful message for all of us. I was hypnotized by the simple truths and spiritual lessons. Read it and tell everyone you know to do the same. Wayne Dyer. This incredible venture story and the New York Times bestseller offers us an opportunity to discover the wisdom of an ancient culture and to hear its powerful message. An American woman is summoned by a remote tribe of nomadic aboriginals who call themselves the real people to accompany them on a four-month-long walkabout through the outback. While traveling barefoot with them through 1,400 miles of rugged desert terrain, she learns a new way of life, including their methods of healing based on the wisdom of their 50,000-year-old culture. Ultimately, she experiences a dramatic personal transformation. Mutant Message Down Under recounts a unique, timely, and powerful life-enhancing message for all humankind. It is not too late to save our world from destruction if we realize that all living things, be they plants, animals, or human beings, are part of the same universal oneness. If we heed the message, our lives, like the lives of the real people, can be filled with this great sense of purpose. And that's from Harper Collins. Now, a couple of fun facts about this book. First of all, it sold almost a million copies uh, since its publishing. And as you just heard, it's been on the New York Times bestseller list. And when it was originally published, it was published as a nonfiction. When it was republished, it was published as a fiction and a fictional book, but with a foreword from the author stating it was inspired by true experiences. So this is a very controversial book. If you just go online and look at the reviews, you'll see people either love it 
or hate it for different reasons. And love to hear what my co-hosts have to say. So Toby and Barbara, jump right in. Well, I did something awful, you guys. I cheated a little bit and I I did some digging of my own and I thought it was, well, one thing I have to say is when I was reading it, I really did not pay attention to the controversy. I had read briefly that there was some controversy on whether she really did have any experience with Aborigines and or not. And I frankly just read the book and I'm so glad that I was able to be in the presence of, of what was going on in the book and not stuck in this whole drama. But after (laughs) I read the book, I looked it up and basically it was such a, well, first of all, it said that there's like a whole new age movement about the book. There's so many people that were really inspired, which is cool, you know, that she had this story, whether it was true or not, and it inspired people. But what I found was crazy was back in 1996, a group of Aborigine elders received a grant and came from Australia to the United States and confronted her so angry at the fabrications that she did. And for some reason, she then said that she admitted that the whole story was fabricated. But, you know, honestly, did she do it because she just didn't want the stress anymore of the drama? We'll never know, right? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I didn't read any reviews before I read the book. And I like to go into anything that I'm reading or watching with no expectations. So if I get referred um, by a friend to a movie or a TV show or a book, I'll take their word for it and I'll just dive right in. And because it's subjective, right? You're going to see what you want to see. You know what you want, what entertains you from a project or a film or story. So yeah. So I just, a friend of mine said, hey, my reasons for reading the book is I have very vivid dreams. And I was sharing a dream one day with a friend and he said, hey, you need to read this book. They go into like dreams and the deeper meanings of dreams. And I was like, really? All right, cool. So I'm thinking I'm going to read this dream book and I am just cruising through each of the chapters. Like, can't wait to get to the secret sauce of dream. (laughs) And so I was literally seduced into this adventure with the hopes of discovering some meaning behind my dreams. And so that really was the only expectation. And so similarly to Toby, I just, you know, saw what was being presented was this message. As the title says, this message that she felt the character that was on this adventure or journey, this walkabout, that she wanted to bring to the world. And I thought that was very powerful. How about you, Barbara? Same. I I didn't have any expectations when I read the book. And to be honest, I was so anxious for her as I read the book. Most of the book, my heart was beating so hard. And I was like, because for me, I was like, I could never do that. Why would she do this? How could she, you know, it was just, I mean, to be honest, I just kind of feel like for her to have such intimate detail on the real people on, on this tribe, it might just be that the Aborigines don't want her to, to share those secrets. Yeah. Because uh, it sounds like from the book that they wanted her to be a messenger, but I don't think they wanted her to go into detail about what exactly they were doing. And she, I mean, but also they left her, they didn't really leave her with specific instructions. And I, I also felt like in her telling the story, the way that she did, it needed to be said in order for her to bring the message out. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe the controversy was a good thing, right? Because anything controversial, people are going to dig deeper because they're just curious, right? You know, when right. you're driving down the road and you see a whole bunch of cars at a standstill, you know, the rubberneck 
syndrome kicks in. Oh, You're yeah. like, Ooh. so that element of curiosity is going to bring even more eyes to this quote unquote message. And then those that want to take something from it will, and those that don't won't. So who knows, maybe that was a good thing for this confrontation from this other Aboriginal tribe. But going to that as well, Toby, within the book, for those that have read the book, there are the account from the tribe that she was with, at least the family of 62 people, I believe. Yeah, it was a lot of more than, I didn't realize that that was a lot of people. (laughs) 62, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And they clearly stated that there were other tribes that weren't as connected as they were, or even had, yeah, or were living in the same sort of oneness that they were. And if these other tribes weren't necessarily with in contact with this supposed tribe, it would make sense for them to say, hey, what's going on? We don't know anything about this. And But what it did, though, what her story did was it did bring light to a group of people that most of the world don't even know about. And you may hear about in passing. It's not like we, in our American history um, classes, study a lot about Australia and the natives of Australia. We, you know, we know a lot about the natives of our own country, but very little about the natives of Australia. So I can't go through each detail and say what was fabricated and what was not. But if you're living off the land, wherever you are in the world, these are very likely experiences that you would have. I mean, if it's hot in the desert, you're going to get blisters, right? I mean, really. There's no way. (laughs) Could never do that. Yeah, there's no supermarket. You're going to be eating what's available if you're starving, right? So it's just interesting. Again, when you read about what the controversy is about, you're like, well, wait a minute. But she's giving a message about this: these abilities and supernatural gifts that these individuals have and how they can heal themselves and how they can select the right plants to eat without getting poisoned, how they can comfortably, or at least as comfortable as you can call it for them anyway, sleep on the earth, like literally yeah, lay and down. their senses, they were showing, like they kept made me think about that we don't use our senses because they were able to sense things through listening and smell before they even happened because they had such an awareness. And whether or not that was true, we tend to just go through life unaware, you know? And so like, Absolutely. and that that's available to us, whatever level it is. And I thought that was neat. But for me, like the stuff that she went through, I just remember thinking over and over again, which is really kind of ignorant. Like, I don't care what I would have gotten out of that. I wouldn't have done it because it was, it was crazy. Like, I think the, one of the first things that struck me and remind me of how materialistic I am in my own way, even though I'm not, I am, is like, I think one of the first things that happens is she thinks she's going somewhere like for a celebration of her accomplishments as a doctor and, or something like that. And then they take, they strip her of everything. First of all, I don't do (laughs) naked and they just a whole nother story. I don't do naked and definitely not like that. I'm not going to nude beach. And then they take all of her belongings and they burn them. And like they, she went into great detail of things like that were handed down from generation her. And I'm thinking, Oh, I'm going, I'm out. Bye. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, when they were like dumping her things into the fire, I was like, right? Yeah, how would I react to this? And I would be with as as I had to close the book. Day, <laughs> yeah, right? day of her journey, similar to Barbara, I was on pins and needles because I, I would ask myself, could I do that? Would I do that? How would I react? I could do an overnighter <laughs> in the woods <laughs> if there is a 
bathroom I could use, right? <laughs> and so I don't act for much in life, but I do <laughs> like the comfort of a bathroom indoors, by the way. I've used outhouses before. Yeah, no. Porta potties <laughs> are like outhouses. I don't do porta potties. So I would ask myself, I'm eating insects? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, there's no just. Shot. No shot. So I won't even it, eat sushi. So <laughs> <laughs> I no. did a lot of things, but I was like, would I eat an ant? And one of them, she just, it was like the closest thing to candy. And I'm like, candy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, honey? What? Yeah, that was, oh yeah. my gosh. And, and yeah. she was so descriptive yeah. of each of the things that they were eating, which was nothing we would buy in a store. No, yeah. And yeah, I guess if this is all you know, it is yummy and tasty and whatever. But it just made me think about all the things I take for granted. Yes. And... If I had the opportunity to live as purely as these people are living without any material means, like truly living off the earth, could I do it? And if so, what could I do? What could I bear and what couldn't I bear? And then Mm. also I was thinking, if I had the opportunity to learn what she was supposedly learning, Mm -hmm. all these secrets in terms of medicine and telepathy and the real meanings of dreams, the real meanings of life. Would I trade my comforts for that knowledge? Like that was something that I kept going back and forth. Like, yes, definitely. You know what it was for me? It was like, so in the book, she talks about how they were getting trailed by the dingoes. (laughs) And the reason why they were getting trailed was because of her smell. And, And she talked of how the real people didn't have an odor. And that she could smell her odor because she was like, you know, I don't do this. Like I have creature comforts. You know, I actually tore the paper with me to Brazil, you know? So <laughs> it was like, and I was thinking to myself as I was reading this, of course, with a lot of anxiety, <laughs> these people are free. They're free. Yeah. They don't have, we're slaves to clothes. We're slaves to, mm. like uh, they even talked about business, you know, uh, the point of having business is to grow the business. Like they, it doesn't matter about the people or, or, or anything else. It's, just, it's the business mm-hmm. that matters. Every, yeah. they're, they're really, you know, when you say, well, I don't know if I could be comfortable sleeping on the floor. That's all they know. They don't know anything else. So, so this is their comfort. Uh, when they talked about, oh my goodness, there was just so many things when I was like, to myself, I wish I would be able to do this with the flies. I don't know if you remember when she was talking about the flies and she was, that is a nightmare for me, ladies. <laughs> the spiders about me. That's where I drew the line. Well, she did the green catcher. Yeah, that was like, okay, I can't, I, I need to go to bed. <laughs> but when she, my, my biggest thing was the fly thing. I really was. I was very like, I can't do this. They were crawling on her. It was swarming her on her arms. Mm-hmm. But when he described it to her, when he described just be at peace and be at calmness, and one of the things that, that was said to her was, humans cannot exist if everything unpleasant is eliminated instead of understood. Oh, and they, they kind of, yeah, and they were telling her everything has a purpose. All of these animals have a purpose. And so she was able to be calm and they, they cleaned her. So they, they didn't necessarily take showers. They let nature do the job for them. You know, and they were they were cleaner than she was. It was just that crazy for me how free yeah. they were, how they how in tuned they were so in tuned with nature. They were so calm, they you know, free from lying, free from just everything. They they didn't have to 
we're so worried about upsetting people. We're so worried about what do I look like? That's one of the, another thing she said, like, I didn't have any mirrors. To me, I felt beautiful. The young lady with the flower necklace. And then she brought it back Mm -hmm. to the earth. It was just so many signs, I guess you can say, of telling us that all of these creature comforts of ours are actually, we're slaves to it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I caught that. And just technology, like there's such a disconnect, even with my own kids. Like I have a a 22 year old and I have a a 25 year old and I have like an adopted daughter that's 28. And when I'm with them, like they never get off their phone and then I get on mine and we're like talking, but we're not. And just, I think one of the things that I wish we could bridge the gap, like I don't definitely don't want to do what she did, (laughs) but like just to turn off, like, I think they all knew each other so well And they could even notice signs when the people didn't say anything. They just knew each other to the core and they were paying attention to everything because there was no distractions. Mm. We're so distracted and it frustrates me, even though I do it. And then other people do it to me. And I'm like, this really kind of sucks. We just don't ever turn off. And I'm super guilty of that. And it's just like, gosh. And that's what I love too, was when they, they don't communicate with their voices. You know, they they use their Mm -hmm. voices to celebrate and to sing. Mm, you no, know, when right. I reading that, I I love that. Me too. Again, there was so the oneness where they didn't have to do that. They can. I mean, it was the craziest thing where somebody from afar is asking if he could cut the tail off. Yeah, yeah. Just by listening <laughs> to the earth, the fact that they said she looked at him, thinking that that his bone was going to take months and months to heal, it took a day. For them, it's it's normal. She's sitting there going, "Miracles are miracles." And they're like, miracles, this is, this doesn't happen for you, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) and it's just because they're so in tune with themselves. They're so at peace with nature. They're so at peace with themselves. We we don't listen to our bodies either. Sometimes we don't listen to our bodies. That's why realize until sometimes it's too late that we probably should have went to the doctor two weeks ago. And they know we have to eat these herbs. We have to, I get what she called them, the healthiest people. Because they, they're just so in tune. They know what their body needs and they know what nature is going to give them every day. I just, that I just, I just loved it. Yeah. Back to a point that Barbara made about the flies and cleaning her. And one of the things that stuck out to me was that because of her diet, like part of her odor was also the, her diet. And just through the process of detoxing, these odors were being released from her body. And I was like, wow, you know, again, as you said, we don't pay attention. And in terms of the things that we're eating and how it could affect something so simple, you know, we have deodorants and we have perfumes and we have great smelling soaps and all these things. But when you take all those things away, how many of us would, would not have an odor like these individuals if we were walking for three, even just three days, I think they did this journey for 120. And they they had longevity. Like they, that's the thing here. We have, we have all these medicines and all these different things and, and we don't even pay attention to our body, nor, nor can we, like you said, we have all these things that mask things. So we don't have to. Meanwhile, I mean, they were like living to eighties and nineties. They don't even have a bathroom (laughs) and there's no medicine except for, you know, what they get from nature. So yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. I think it going back to the death thing, which was something that really stuck with me when I finished the book, was that they choose when they want to leave the earth. Yes. And most choose between, and correct me if I'm wrong, between 130 and 135 years. Something old. like that. Just after 100 for sure. And they just, they celebrate, they have a celebration. And then for the person that's choosing to leave, 
that person lays down and within minutes they're gone. Like I could just, just wrapping my head around that whole concept. I was like, what? (laughs) But up through their old age, their skin is just youthful and their hair is full of color. And that it was just mind boggling in terms of that. But one other point that I wanted to make before I forget, there's so many good ones from this book. These individuals did not read or write. However, the knowledge they shared about Western culture and nature and the environment as it relates to the things that are holding us back or harming the planet or how we're harming ourselves. So without a formal language, like we know, they still had this worldly view and understanding which can only be explained by Barbara mentioned and in what the book mentions oneness. So that was another thing. I was like, wait a minute here. They're speaking with wisdom of beyond our years about the world, about various cultures, about history, but yet they can't read or write. So that was just something that also was just fascinating. One of the things that I absolutely loved, and I thought that one of the blessings, if the messages in this could be spread was I feel like in society, we look to our elders as like less knowledge, less Mm -hmm. available and Mm -hmm. over and over. And same in the alchemist, the knowledge of the elders was respected and revered and really led them to where they were. And they knew that like they would think about, oh, I need some knowledge. Let me go to my elder. And we're just missing that in society. And I've been guilty of it sometimes, you know, with my own folks or yeah. It's crazy because I mean, obviously now that I'm getting older, I realize I know a lot <laughs> and then I'm like, wow, we should listen to our elders and, and go to them. And then the elders probably live longer lives because they have purpose still, you know, mm-hmm. we cast them away here in that society. They really were important, very critical. And it was just, just so beautiful. I love that. And transformation and growth was something that was emphasized throughout the book. Definitely. Where they celebrated, they didn't celebrate birthdays, they celebrated accomplishments or a new realization of a new skill set. Yeah. And my favorite part was the birthdays, Nova. Remember what happened, Barbara, was that the birthdays was crazy because the people never told the person, the person had to declare when they were ready for it, which was so cool. Yeah. I thought Mm -hmm. that was awesome. Me too. That personal insight. I like how they, as they grow and they and they experience things, they they have different names. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was so cool. That yes, you know, you, the name that you start off with is not the name that you end with. I thought that was pretty awesome. Even the toolmaker, when you talk about the elders, and she had wanted her dream interpreted, and then the toolmaker, I guess he was an older, much older than her, and he wanted the his dream interpreted as well. I thought it was. I liked how they, he realized, you know what, I'm getting older. I need to start sharing my knowledge with everyone else. Oh yeah. I remember that too. That you was know, amazing. When he talked about the turtle, you know, the turtle didn't have his limbs on one side and it was leaning to the side. So and I thought in my mind, I'm thinking, what does that have to do with, but for him, I guess he, he felt that he was like, I guess he felt himself aging. I guess you could say like, he was like, I can't, this bur- it's too heavy of a burden for me and it's weighing me down. Yeah. So I'm going to spread mm. this knowledge to those that can handle it. I thought that was 
pretty awesome that as they get older, they realize that in themselves, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. That's incredible. Well, this is a good point for us to jump to our what's next, what happens Mm. next section of the podcast. So who would like to go first? Well, I think I'm the one that is the little bit more aggressive in that I always think of this and write everything down before. So you're going to start learning our personalities. Like they have conceptualized what they think happened next. And I've written down a story. So I don't have to go first, but I also wrote it down right after I finished reading it. But I think it's funny how we each interpret even individually what happened next. And our process is different too, which I, I love. I love. We're all so different. Well, I'll jump and I'll go first. And I actually had two ideas of what happened next. And one is, I'll discuss the the one that I'm, has a little more positive (laughs) slant to it. But anyway, she goes back to the U.S. with this message. And of course, she meets resistance, which is to be expected. It's so left field. And what do you mean people can be telepathic? What are you talking about? You know, that sort of thing. And, but you have individuals, you have scientists and archaeologists and historians and philosophers, members of our society that have this overwhelming sense of curiosity and tend to want to dig deeper at whatever cost, similar to our author as a scientist, as a doctor who wanted this knowledge and chose to take this journey to get this knowledge revealed to her. So I feel that as the word got around about this very unusual experience, you had the most curious members of society from various parts of the world go back to Australia and try to meet with the elders of this tribe to learn mm-hmm. whatever knowledge they can get from them, knowing that they have 50, at least documented 50,000 years of existence on this planet. I mean, I don't know anyone else that can beat that, that's still living, mm-hmm. that can share that, yeah. that history. Dinosaurs. <laughs> right. And, and so, and they're learning, they're like digging for as much information as possible. And they're congregating to decipher, you know, what they want to take from it, what's, what's real, what's not, whatever, but they're learning and select individuals are chosen to be taught some of these these uh, oh. gifts that they speak about in terms of the illusions that they're able to create or the telepathy that they're able to perform. And one of the points that they that really sparks a trail of research is how, as in the story, the elder and the scientist, the main elder and the scientist are the same age. And it's revealed to oh, her yeah. that she was thinking the Aboriginal tribe out And that is why she was, quote unquote, chosen for this journey and to be the deliverer of this message is that she was seeking out this knowledge and information, but then also the elder was seeking her out to share it. So the two of them who were born on the same day at the same time found each other, but they could not find each other until they were both 50 years old. And so these researchers really explore and try to find individuals that have this so-called connection, you know, because they both had similar birth stories and all these other similarities. And they really felt that they were meant to quote unquote reunite as individuals. And because the Aborigines believe everyone has that other half, so to speak, that lends itself to this, again, this like worldwide search of everyone's other half. Is this true or not? And 
And so that's, that's how, in my opinion, how the story ends. Oh, wow. That would be kind of cool, right? It would be like transformational for sure. Definitely. Yeah. For me, she, once she gets to the States, actually right before she gets to the States, she's starting to begin to see how restricted she was going on the airplane. I mean, just everything. She's beginning to see that, how disconnected our society is compared to the real tribe. So she goes over to the States and says for herself, in order for her to try to stay as connected as possible, she's going to try to live like them as much as she can within this society. So yeah, she's wearing clothes and everything, but the biggest thing for her and what she's realizing in her life is she's not necessarily has always been truthful. She Mm. stops wearing makeup. Mm. She tries to wear as earthly clothes as possible. Like more things of the earth is what she tries to do. She doesn't really put a lot of things in her hair anymore. She doesn't really wear jewelry anymore. She well, that's because it all burned. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, she's like, in her mind, she's like, well, these things, I didn't need these things to live. So why do I have to still be tied to it? So she really is un- like unloading her life of material things. And the more she does that, the more she wants to still be in tune with nature. So she goes and seeks out Native Americans. Oh, interesting. Wow. They welcome her because they see it in her. They see that the uh, the real tribe has touched on her. There are still people out there, Native Americans out there, that are not maybe not as in tune with nature, but in tuned enough to teach her as much as they know. And so when she realizes that she can travel the world, there's tribes all over. She goes to Africa. She goes to China. And she tries to find as pure of a group of people as she can that are in tune with nature. And she, I don't want to say try, she learns from them as much as she can. And every time she does that, she gets, I don't want to call them converts, but she, she attracts people that are also seeking that, you know, or maybe they didn't know they were, but they are. So there's more and more people that are realizing that they need to be in tune with nature and they need to spread the message as well. They are only learning from her. So they don't go back to the Aborigines because I think they realize that the Aborigines won't welcome them because it's not their time. So, mm. but they are finding that they have their time in Africa. They're finding that they have their time in Japan, and they're yeah. they're just finding all all of you know. They they go to Ireland. They're finding that they have their time there. There's just so many different places where there there are people who are of the land in different ways, but they are they're still of the land. There's still that oneness, and mm. she's learning as she goes all over the world that there is a oneness that they all. All of them in some form or fashion are so in tune with their nature with nature and they that they are able to see that connection in her. Wow. Love it. And one other thing is too, she kind of alienates herself from people because she's very she has chosen to be incredibly honest and she's honest about everything. And unfortunately, our society, we don't we don't really <laughs> welcome honesty as much as and she's she's honest to be in a positive way, but unfortunately we're not used to it. So she's learning, she's more comfortable being with, with more people who are more one with nature. And so she decides that she wants to do that. Yeah. That that makes sense. She's open to it. Just like she had to be. So she seeks out people that are similarly open. Like she was, that's, that's amazing, Barbara. Wow. I love both of them. I wish it kind of could come true. You know, mine is way not as fun, (laughs) not as enlightening and transformational. And I definitely think, I wonder really what, 
like we know that she came when she came back, she toured and she shared her message. But I wonder like by doing that, she probably did transform other people and and what that journey was like. I might want to research more like what happened after, like not the idea of something that could happen, like what specifically, I don't know if she's still alive. I, I know that she would be fairly old now, but yeah, we should look that up and maybe we can, maybe one of our guests will ask something cool about that next time. Um, mine, I wrote that, I actually wrote it up because that's just who I am. <laughs> Marla comes back to the society. She goes back and she finds out that her children went looking for her. And after two months, they actually, they declared her dead and they proceeded with the funeral. They, it's not that they were unhappy. I mean, it's not that they were happy to be done. It's just like, that's just society. Like, okay, she's gone. And they just sat with that for a while. And just as time went on, they became actually more upset and more devastated. And what they decided to do, because they they were very close family, they understood her work and her journey before she left and what was important to her and her research. And they decided to create a nonprofit to raise money for the Aborigines. And what they wanted to do was do some rehabilitation. But what happened, which was really weird, was they misconstrued everything because they didn't experience her transformation and journey. And so they actually wanted to create rehabilitation for Aborigines to come into regular society. So they created this whole program with rehabilitation centers to get them to become more normal and that they needed to transform the Aborigines. So it was just such a sort of like a tragic ending because they didn't realize that that would be the opposite of what they their mom would want. And then eventually her mother returns and they learn the real truth about everything and they have to do this incredible shift. And it's just like a whole nother journey on educating people that we don't always have to have people transform to what other things look like, right? There's a place for everybody's ideas. So it was just such a, in my mind, like, what would I do if my mom was gone for a couple months? Right, right. We don't know. She did have children, right? Yep, yep, her daughter, yeah. Yeah, I think she- Yeah, it was interesting to see how calm everyone was when she came back. (laughs) Like, wait, you're gone for- Yeah, there's no way. 20 days, like, what? My kids would freak out if I'm gone for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah everything worked out for her, right? Like the landlord, the the oh, TV yeah. rental. Yeah, no, it was crazy. And just, I do think the only thing I think like was sometimes I would say to myself, I mean, most of it I got the message, but sometimes I would say to myself like, she just accepted that way too easily. It didn't hide the messages for me, but I just remember thinking I would have fought that tooth and there's no way I would have, I wouldn't have went along with any of it, which is. I think what I got out of that is maybe I should be more easygoing. Like I wouldn't do that, but I, sometimes you lose good messages if you're rigid. So yeah. That's a good that point. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But I think either way, she's had a great life either way. Yeah. No, this is an awesome book. So I am recommending it despite the controversy. Go into it with an open mind Definitely. and for whatever message you feel you want to take from it. At the end of the day, it's still an entertaining story. And it does force you to reflect on your own life, but then also what societies around the world are doing. And it just makes you think. And I think that 
for most of us that are on a journey of growth, we welcome opportunities to reflect and think. And we take what makes sense for us and we throw out what doesn't. So I absolutely recommend it. How about you guys? What do you think? I think it's amazing. I think also what you said, which was really interesting just now, is even notice what bothers you or what confronts you and then do some searching in yourself and, and see if why that is and evaluate that and see if you can you know, get to the bottom of that. Yeah, I agree. And free yourself. That's what I got from the book. Uh, you know, let's take a day. Don't mess with the electronics. Go to work. Don't put on the makeup. You know what I mean? Uh, do something that scares you. Do something that you don't mm-hmm. you wouldn't normally do. I'm not a really a fan of spiders, but and my daughter <laughs> wants one. So I think oh. I might just oh let my her. Oh, you're brave. Oh, no, she won't. She, we won't have it in the house, but we'll go to the pet store and look at them. Oh I think that's the okay. next step for me. <laughs> yeah, that would be like if someone wanted to have frogs. Yours is spiders, mine is frogs. But yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah. yeah she yeah. wants a spider so bad. Oh, God. Wow. Oh, that's so interesting. Wow. Well, this was another really fun and engaging episode for me. I always learn so much just from listening to you ladies. And this book was fantastic in terms of just going on an adventure and or travelogue or, you know, just being in another part of the world and opening your eyes to the unknown and the unseen. And so that was fascinating for me. Thank you listeners for submitting your questions. Please continue to submit them. We look forward to answering any questions you have about this week's episode, about the mutant message down under. And if you have any ideas for books that you would want us also to read, send those our way as well. Um, you'll just email us at the at Tuesday Mornings Book Club at pinkkangaroo.com. And again, thank you, my lovely co-hosts. You, as you know, listeners, those that are not joining us for the first time, we release a new show, a new book every two weeks. And uh, you could find us on the Pink Kangaroo Network, and that's kangaroo with a U at the end. And it's coincidental that we're talking about Australia this week. <laughs> oh, true. And again, our next book is Chanel by Axel Madsen. Okay, so Chanel by Axel Madsen. So pick it up, read it. Um, The book following that, Proof of Heaven by Eben Alexander. And then our third book, Having Our Say, The Delaney Sisters, The First 100 Years. So look for those books, get them, download them, whatever you need to do. We'd love for you to join along um, for our book clubs. We absolutely enjoy sharing these amazing insights with you and learning along the way. Until next time, this is Nova from Tuesday Mornings Book Club. And thank you again, Toby and Barbara, my co-hosts. Have a great, great week. Bye, everyone. Bye.